we are going to shift to today's scripture reading. We are continuing in our psalm series, so today I will be reading from Psalm 63, verses 1 through 3, and I'm reading the ESV version. O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, thank you, Rachel. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Um, My name is John, for those of you guys who don't know me. As we continue in our summer psalm series, this afternoon we open up Psalm 63. You know, it is said that this psalm was decreed uh, by the early church fathers. They said, quote, that no day should pass without the public reading of this psalm. Um, Actually, Sangmin, am I allowed to take this off? Dang, amazing. I feel freedom. Okay, Um, we're going to read this whole psalm together. And actually, before service is over today, we're going to read this psalm like a few, uh, a couple times, a couple times and a half. Um, But we're going to read it right now in just a moment. And as we read it, I think you're going to understand just why this was such a significant psalm and why the early church, you know, was committed to singing this daily. Uh, It's such a powerful psalm, uh, really, that is applicable to every season of our lives. So... Let's read together. We're going to read just the entire psalm. It is 11 verses. Uh, Please, if you're at home, read aloud with us. If you guys are here, big voices, and let's read together. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. Amen. So today, I'm actually, I'm not going to spend 
well, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm, not, I'm, I'm planning to not spend a whole, of time, a whole lot of time trying to dissect this psalm, try to come up with like three application points, anything like that. My goal is to give us time to sit with this psalm. And I'm even hoping for a little bit of interaction uh, among us, especially for those of us joining us on YouTube. Um, but I do want to say just a couple things. Um, so this is a song. You know, we say psalm. It's Psalm 63, but it's a song. And like any song, uh, you know, it conveys a message. It conveys, uh, there's ideas, there's imagery, there's emotions. Uh, and, you know, some songs that you guys, you know, listen to and, and enjoy, some songs are totally open to, like, to your interpretation, Right? Just like a lot of art is designed to do, it's just open-ended. It's for the observer to, uh, to, to make mean what they want it to mean, you know, in, in themselves, right? Um, but there's also, like, people want to communicate meaning, you know, and, 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 kind, of, and kind of get it right. I, I don't know. Like, there's a bunch of websites online that you can find that have, like, every song ever, ever published, like the lyrics of all these songs, and then there's like a, a forum where people can input like, this is what the song means. This is what I think the songwriter means, right? Like, it, there's a lot of websites like that, a lot of different ideas and people sharing. But when you know the songwriter's actual story, when you know that the songwriter's perspective, their experience, and, and, and where they were as they wrote the song, it actually it gives a greater depth to the meaning that we're able to understand. You know, this artist's particular experience. And you know, knowing that, I, I feel like the knowledge of the artist's particular experience, it might seem like it limits your personal experience, but I would argue actually it creates more contact points to actually draw you into the meaning even more because you can understand, oh man, this is how that person was feeling in this particular instance. Now the details might be different, right? But I think that it actually gives more contact points for connection. Now our Bibles, I don't think that, you know, the, the, what, what we had posted here on the slide, I don't think it had this part, but when you open up your Bible, all of our Bibles have a little bit of context. It, it opens up Psalm 63, and it tells us that this psalm was written by David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. He was in the wilderness. So you guys know wilderness almost always in the Bible. It always means like desolation, uh, um, isolation, uh, struggle, suffering. And so David was in the wilderness of Judah. And so for a little bit more context, David was actually fleeing. He was fleeing. Now, we're not exactly sure he was either fleeing. There's one of two things, that he was either fleeing from King Saul. If you guys remember King Saul, he was the first king of Israel. He was either fleeing from King Saul because Saul knew that David was next in line. In fact, that he had kind of taken the anointing that God had originally given to Saul, that he had taken that anointing and given it to David. And so Saul was, man, he was angry. And he wanted to kill David. Like he was dead set on killing David. So this would have been early in David's kind of career as king. So it was either he was fleeing from Saul 
or he was fleeing from his third son, Absalom. And if this is the case, then this was well into his time as king. He had been a successful king, well-loved, most beloved king that Israel has ever known. He's kind of enjoyed this long career, successful career as king, and suddenly he's in the wilderness because his own beloved son has raised up a coup, a revolt against David to take over the kingdom. And so David is fleeing. So in either case, David is fleeing for his life. And in either case, he is forced to abandon his life, his calling, everything that he's ever known. And these were real threats. Real threats against his life, against his calling, his identity, his future, his sense of security, even his legacy. All of these things were being threatened. And yet, you read this psalm amidst this intense time of you know, uprooting, of destruction, of, of fleeing for his life. Amidst this, we see David long for more of God. There's one uh, really highly rated commentary, and they title this section, they, the, the, the psalm, they title it in three sections, and it says, the first section is called, God, My Desire, where David is just, he's, he's declaring, God, you are my desire. And the second section, God, you are my delight. And the third section, God, my defense. Amidst all of this, David, in this psalm, is laser beam focused on God. He says, earnestly, earnestly I seek you. It's like, it's like this image of waking up early, this, this, like, this, like this urgency that he's got to go find. He's running, he's chasing, he's earnestly seeking the Lord. He says, my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Now David is in the wilderness. He, he's feeling it. Have you guys ever been thirsty? Have you ever been in a dry place? We're in Korea right now in the midst of summer. Uh, it, like over 100 degrees heat index. Uh, what is it? Like 40. 40. We hit 40 Celsius, right? Anyways, we've experienced, you know, deep thirst but there is no water. He says, your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. Like he's imagining these things like he's a king. He's had fat and rich food. You know what I mean? He's had the best of the best. And he's saying, you satisfy me even more than these things. We see David, he doesn't wish life to go back to the way things are supposed to be. We see David, a man who wants more of God. And you know, even when you look at the final section of this psalm, (laughs) my enemies, as David is talking about his enemies, 
I want to challenge it, like look at it. You know, those who seek to destroy my life shall go, shall go down into the depths of the earth. Like David is, he's, he's talking this, he's singing this, he's praying this. But see, what ultimately matters is not that the enemies will be punished, whether they'll, whether they'll be punished or not, but that the enemies and their threats, you know, against his life, against all of these things, the enemy and those threats, they shrivel in the light of the glory of God. They shrivel in the light of God's steadfast love. Your steadfast love is better than life. So I know this is not words to just try to look at the bright side of things. Sometimes that is helpful, right? Hey, hey, look at the bright side. Sometimes that's helpful, but this is not that type of situation or encouragement. Because what this is is that ultimately... Ultimately, we know, David knows, and we can know, that we belong to God. He is our God. Can you guys say, he is our God. And we are his. We will forever worship him. There is a glorious future for those who trust in him because he is is glory. So like I said, I want us to kind of sit with this psalm. And, uh, and Arnold, can we flip that slide up? Now, this might be hard for us to see, um, but I wanted to have the entire psalm, those of us that are joining us online, those of us that are here, I wanted us to just be able to see the entire psalm so that you can kind of take your time with it. Um, and we're going to read it again. And for those of us online, we've got the YouTube chat, you know, live chat. Man, I would love, as we're reading, if there are certain words, phrases, imagery that are like popping up, that are striking you, that are hitting a chord, that are encouraging you, I would love for you to just to share that. And maybe even share why. I would love for us, can we get some of that interaction? But we're going to read this together. Here we go. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. For my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. 
All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. So I'm going to just give us some time to sit in this, take your time, and just read it over again. Again, those of us joining on online, man, please share, you know, if there's a, if there's a word, if there's a phrase, a specific verse, a collection of verses, and just share. And if you can share, you know, a little bit like why, what it is, what is stirring, what is God stirring up in you as you read this. So we're going to take a moment to sit in this. There's a church community in Virginia uh, that, called Third Church, and they have a short devotional published uh, on their website on Psalm 63. And they, just, they state something so well, so I, I want to read this. Psalm 63 illustrates how David longs for God. This longing is visceral. He describes it as a thirst and explains the various circumstances when he connects to this longing. David describes a desire for God that doesn't disperse in times of trouble. This longing is persistent and consistent. Unfortunately, we do not always long for God this way. We're often distracted by our circumstances or led astray by our desires and appetites. Psalm 63 seeks to help us reorient our desires, our appetite, our thirst, our longing towards God. Psalm 63, it shows us the kind of desire for God that he is worthy of. If you guys have been in the church for long, if you're a Christian, like, you know this. We, we know this in our heads. God is worthy. I know this. God is worthy. But Psalm 63, it, des- it describes the kind of desire for him, his goodness, his grace, his mercy, who he is, the kind of desire that God is worthy of, the desire for God that we were actually created for. But it's true, right? Most of the time, Most of us don't long for God in this way. Some of us right now, in this season or even in this moment, some of us are just, are distracted. We're distracted by our desires, our appetites. You know, and these might be subtle things. They might be kind of like seemingly innocent desires. They might be good and healthy desires. Or... They may be blatantly sinful desires. But I know some of us right now, we're just distracted. You know, part of my, my testimony, I, I grew up in the church, uh, like, and, and looking back, man, I was just, I was like this, you know, this Pharisee of a kid. <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I was good, man. I thought, I, like, I thought God's lucky to have me on his side kind of thing, Right? But there was a time later in life 
when I was just, I describe it as this kind of this quiet desperation. And really what it was is I had lived my whole life where Christianity was just morals. And I was trying to live up to these standards and these morals. And I was trying to suppress my, you know, my, my, my appetites. But I was secretly just feeding them, secretly feeding them. And so my life, I was just... And so I actually made the conscious decision. I was going to walk away. I was going to just like, man, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to leave my childhood faith. And I'm just going to, let me just, let me just see what happens when I pursue my appetite. And it was after this time. Uh, I had, you know, I'd, I'd been going out. I was out. I was partying. And I got home late at night. I was, you know, I was drunk or whatever. And I was sitting in my bed. And this thought just sat in my mind, I could not get rid of it, and I just remembered when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I used to say, Jesus is better than all things. And I believed, I sat there, I was like, I used to believe that. And as I sat there on my bed that night, I was like, man, I'm living as though pursuing my sinful appetite. And okay, I'm, I, I just, I wanted, I wanted to pick up girls, you know, and bring them home. That's what I wanted. I was living as though sex was more important. And so I was like, man, I was sitting there, I was like, okay, if Jesus is real, if he's really God, if he's really the Savior, then this is ridiculous. And so I sat there, and I said, okay, okay, Jesus, I'll give up, I'll give up this pursuit, but you've got to show me, you've got to show me that you're better. And that night, it was that quick of a prayer and it was as though a, a black fog that had been surrounding me for I don't know how long I didn't know it was there it was as though a black fog lifted it was as though my ears popped open and I could hear it was as though my eyes had been like clouded over and you know something like Paul the scales falling from my eyes. I felt like my lungs opened up for the first time and I could breathe and I was like, oh my goodness. I thought I was living for freedom when I was living for myself. This is freedom. And it came to a culmination because the next, I want to say it was the next day, I went to church and I walked into service and I walked in and for the first time I was I was worshiping the Lord, and this was freedom. This was freedom. Because for the first time, I realized the depth of my sin. <laughs> I knew the depth. I, I got a glimpse of the ugliness, how deep my ugliness of sin can be, and how much deeper his grace is, and how much, how much I needed Jesus, and how, man, I just, I worshiped. This was freedom. Now, I don't, live my life every day like that. And I get distracted by all these different things still. But I remember this. Jesus is better than all things. Some of us are distracted by our desires and our appetites. But Jesus' steadfast love is better. And some of us today are hurting, just deeply hurting in times of, you know, our, our, song, our series is Songs in the Valley. 
in the wilderness. Some of us are in this painful season, and it's been more than a season. It's been years and years and years. Some of us are in the type of pain where you struggle to even want to live. And I'm not going to be trite. I'm not going to brush over it. Like, I don't want to say, hey, 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 just sing, just rejoice. I know for sure that's not what God wants. But here's a question. Does God and his word, does God and his word help us deal with the hurt? Does God and his word, does it help us with our feelings of sadness? When we're going through depression, when we're in the wilderness, when we're in the valley, does his word help us, motivate us, empower us to love him even while we're suffering? Verse 11 in this psalm, it says, but the king shall rejoice in God. You know, the immediate context is David. He's the king. But David, he can't inspire us to just be better, can he? David cannot transform our hearts. There is a truer king. Jesus, the king of kings, but the king shall rejoice in God. This Jesus, this king who gave up his life, his identity, his reputation, he who had no sin became sin. The sin that is destroying lives, that is causing hurt, that has messed us up, like Jesus became sin for us. Jesus, who was enthroned in heaven from the beginning, humbled himself even to death on the cross. Because he lived the life that we couldn't live, and he died the death, if we know it or not, that we deserve for us. This is Jesus, whose steadfast love is better than life. This King Jesus shall rejoice in God. And we are invited to join him in his joy. We're going to close this time together. And I want to invite all of us to, to actually to pray this psalm. Uh, it's a short psalm, but it's long if you kind of try to pray it. So we're going we're gonna to focus on the first, uh, the first three, four verses, okay? And, and kind of the way that I want uh, to move us through this is um, I will kind of prompt us. I'm going to read a part, and then, and then you, you pray. You know, whatever that section, what that prompts in your heart, and, and pray. And then I'm going to move us, and I'm going to move us along, Okay? Um, 
And again, we're going to do the first four verses, so you know you may be encouraged to uh, continue praying this psalm today and throughout the week. All right, let's let's go to the Lord. Oh God, you are my God. God, you're the God of the universe. You're the Creator of all things. God, you are eternal, and yet. You are my God. You're not just out there, God. You're not just a watchmaker that set things into motion and, and you stepped away, God, but you're intimate. You know us, Lord. You are my God. You are the lover of my soul, the Savior and Redeemer of my soul, my Father, my King, my Lord. God, you are my God. You are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. times when I saw you with great passion, but Lord, there are times when I'm just like, I'm just fine, like, times, like I'm just content to just be like this, Lord, to just drift, God, I pray, Lord, remind my soul, there is no greater pursuit, nothing greater to seek than you, God, I know this, Lord, for your love is greater than life, Jesus. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and glory Jesus I remember the freedom I remember the joy I remember the true freedom the true joy God in entering your house to worship when at last God I discovered the depth of your love for me Lord I discovered my need for you Jesus oh and your grace God the depth the infinite depth of your grace Lord I remember God help me Your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. God, your steadfast love. Your steadfast love. Your steadfast love. You do not waver, God. You do not grow tired of me. You don't get sick of me. You don't, you don't just like, this is the last straw and then you're ready to kick me out, Lord. You are steadfast. You proved it on the cross, Jesus. selfishness, God, my laziness, God, you paid for me, my hurt, God, my hurting others, God, thank you, Jesus, for the cross, and thank you, Jesus, for your love, it is steadfast, it is better than anything I need, it's better, God, your steadfast love is better, God, so my lips praise you, Jesus, open our mouths, God, that we can praise you.
I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Every week, as we worship together corporately, you know, even online, uh, we practice one of the best applications. And we're going to move into a time of communion. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed,